If I asked you, what does a life that is empowered, sexy, and free look like? What would be your answer? That is exactly what we're going to talk about on this episode of Chat with Gigi. You see, I have been obsessing over this book for a while now. And today I have the pleasure of having the author on the show. Empowered, Sexy, and Free was written by Jolie Dawn, and she is also the author of the Empowered Woman series. And today we're going to talk about what does that mean to lead a life, to be the creator, or in her words, the creatrix of your life, to discover your unique brilliance, and to dare to be the creatrix of your life. I can't wait to dive into the interview with Jolie for this book because we read this book as part of our Seizing Happy Community Plus um, book club. And a lot of the questions that I am going to be asking our guests today that I'm going to be asking Jolie are from the members of our Seizing Happy Community Plus. And so if you're not a member yet and you want to be a participant in all of the fun things that happen inside the community from trainings to having guest speakers to being the co-creator of these interviews with me, enjoying these books together, um, we have sessions inside the community where we read discuss the book, and you can submit your questions to the author, and sometimes even have the opportunity to connect to the interview live with me as it's going on. So if that sounds amazing, make sure you check out the notes for the show for the link to join our Seizing Happy Community Plus. Now, Jolie Don, who will be joining us on this episode of Chats with Gigi, is the creator of the largest online women's prosperity meditation gathering. It's called the Dare to Prosper Challenge, and it is attended by women in more than 30 countries. She is an intuitive business coach, writer for Entrepreneur Magazine, and the best-selling author of six Amazon books, including empowered, sexy, and free, which we'll be talking about today. Jolie Dawn specializes in helping women discover their Dharma path and awaken to a sustainable life of prosperity. This is going to be a good show, y'all. <laughs> this is Chats with Gigi, a podcast for women who are ready to step into their power get unstuck, and create more freedom in all areas of life. I'm your host, Gigi Diaz, certified life and business coach, media personality, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I've helped hundreds of women find the necessary clarity, confidence, and courage to build their dream life and achieve success with less stress. If you're seeking weekly motivation, practical and spiritual advice, and tangible resources to scale in life and in business, then you're in the right place. Are you ready? Here we go. Before we get started with this episode of the podcast, I have a special invitation just for you. Our next big in-person event is going down March 30th. Now I know what you're thinking. Gigi, it is way too early to get something on my calendar for March 30th. 
It's not. And the reason it's not is because this event is going to be transformational and I don't want anything else to end up on your calendar except for this on that date. Move, Breathe, Grow is a half-day experience that I will be leading alongside incredible, incredible practitioners of breathwork, movement, and business growth. We're going to have a half-day experience for purpose-driven women just like you to tap into their feminine power in our first session called Move where we're going to be embodying that feminine strength through movement. Don't worry, it's going to be easy and it's going to be fun and you don't need to be a pro at anything. Our second session is going to help you to connect with your intuition, with your higher self, to pause and really listen to that inner guidance through breath work. And our third session for this event is going to consist of a panel of incredible women and leaders in their industry, a panel for growth personal and business. You know that here at Seizing Happy, our goal is to be able to nurture the business and the woman behind the business equally. And that's exactly what this event is going to be all about. Tickets are already on sale and they're going fast. Head on over to seizinghappy.com. Click on events and click on move, breathe, grow. I can't wait to see you there. You know, I'm expecting my first baby. So this is actually going to be the last event that I am at in person for Seizing Happy until further notice. So I really hope I get to give you a big hug at this one. Seizinghappy.com, click events, click move, breathe, grow, and get your tickets today. Jolie, I am so excited to have you on the show because I have to tell you, I am obsessed with your book. Oh, <laughs> obsessed. Like it looks like this. It looks like it's got, I don't know if you can see this, but it's got like scribble scrabbles everywhere. And <laughs> it's just one of those books that, um, I've used as example very few times before, but there are books that kind of go through you as you read them. Like they become a part of your day. They become something that awakens an awareness in behaviors and in thoughts. And it really becomes a friend in that self-discovery process. So thank you for putting this book together. It's been amazing to read it. What an honor. Thank you so much. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm really excited to have you here because um, one of the things that caught my attention specifically about the book is the way that you use the words in the title of the book, right? Empowered, sexy, and free. And then you say, discover your unique brilliance and dare to be a creatrix of your life. What does that word mean to you, creatrix? Mm, creatrix is she who creates her life intentionally and this book is written by a woman a woman for women and women whether you end up having children in this life or not whether you have a physical womb or not we are the great creatrix of life we're the ones that are bringing human life onto this earth that's a lot of creative power within us and so it's a it's an invitation of the creatrix to be the one intentionally creating Yeah. And what led you to want to do this work with women specifically? Honestly, it, it didn't even occur to me that I would be doing this work. It was a, it was just me getting myself out of deep emotional pain in my early twenties and life had really set me up with some circumstances for me to learn and develop wisdom and grow into who I was only through the medium of, for me personally, my path was understanding my deep emotional pain. And I was seeking ways out of trauma. I was seeking a more beautiful life. I was seeking a way as to not repeat the patterns of my past and the patterns of my lineage. 
Yeah. And one of the tools that you offer in the book is journaling, right? And so kind of diving into that self-discovery through the pen and paper, I struggle to journal. I find that it, um, I feel good when I just think and integrate through thinking, but I have found really powerful experiences through journaling. What would be your suggestion for those that kind of struggle to sit down and do the, the paper and pen thing? Yeah, it, it has to be a joy and you have to get something out of it that's meaningful in order for you to want to go back to it. Mm. And if it feels like a chore and it's not something you're getting a lot of value from, then what would be the motivation? So for me, the motivation is the journal becomes my way to process the life that's happening around me because life happens fast for all of us. There's a lot of data and the pace is oftentimes fast. And for me, my journal, it's, it's a morning routine. It's not something I even think about anymore. It's the way that I wake up and make my warm beverage and sit down to journal is, is so a part of me that if, if I miss that, I'm on a trip, I end up really missing it because it's a chance to slow down and, and deeply process what's happening in my inner world. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that you talk about in the book is that ability to remove energetic weight. Can you talk a little bit about what that means? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll give a perfect example of this, which was in 2008 was a very significant time period that was happening around me. It was an economic crisis in America. And so there was a lot of scarcity consciousness going on and that hit my family really hard. And my dad lost a tremendous sum of money. He didn't see a way of recovering it. He felt really hopeless. He had his own mental health stuff going on from being a Vietnam veteran. And he made a very permanent decision when I was 20 years old to take his life. And oh, it was just traumatic and hard. And it was so confusing for my undeveloped brain to try to process my new reality of what had just happened. And not only that, I really lost both parents at the same time because my mom never recovered. She stayed in her body for nine more years, but was really not there. She, she left when he left essentially. And all of that pain and all of that trauma ended up becoming energetic weight on me. The energy energy of being so disillusioned with money. Like how could be this, the system that causes people so much pain and so much suffering and what scarcity does to the human psyche of not feeling like you have your basic needs met is just triggering that fight or flight in a chronic way. And so when left undiscovered, you know, if that was left undiscovered, I would have carried for decades, who knows how long in my life, this energetic weight of just absolute anger with money, righteous indignation disillusionment and in my relationship with money would live, live on those things until it, there was an intervention. And that's the real invitation of this book is what has happened to us in our life where we had adaptations that were helpful at one time. Like it made me, it helped me make sense of my reality to really look at the money system and helped me get through a hard time. But those then become limitations if they're keeping me from being the woman who I was meant to become and keeping me mm. to live a, a free and powerful life. So the, the book really invites that, like, what is that energetic weight that is not seen? It's not like we carry it. it it's something that's deep within us. And it's a, it's a process of removal. It's a process of awareness. 
And something I love about the book is that it does walk you through that, right? It kind of gives you those tools. It gives you, it's not just a, a hypothetical invitation. It's not a theoretical invitation. It is a, let me walk you through this process. So I absolutely love that. And when you talk about these emotions, um, I feel like there's so much pressure with emotions, right? And like, do you feel them? And how much do you feel them? And you know, when do you suppress them? When do you go over them? When, and, and it's just, there's, there's a pressure for happiness, right? Happening so, so frequently right now. You say that emotions aren't weaknesses, that they're in fact superpowers. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I know one of the emotions that I had the opportunity to meet several times in my life is the, the deep emotion of grief. Like, what do you do at 20 years old when your new reality is you've, you're the adult of this situation? And how do you healthily and responsibly process deep sadness in life? And life has given me lots of opportunities to get to know my grief through losing friends and loved ones. And specifically, I've lost four very close people to me to suicide. And it's been an interesting dynamic and relationship there. And, and to really look at, okay, what is the superpower of this? What is the superpower of grief? How mm -hmm. can that even be a superpower? What is the superpower of my anger, of my fear? And getting to know ourselves, you know, we come into this world, Gigi, and nobody hands us a template of like, here's what it means to be human, to be in a sentient body where you're going to feel deeply. It would be amazing. Most people don't get taught what is like the owner's manual of having a human body and, and specifically female emotions, because it's, it's, it's a little bit different. It is different than men. At the end of the day, we're all human feel very similar things, but my way in with women being wild, sensitive beings, being wide open to the world. How can we take these things that we want to suppress and numb and not feel? And how can we turn them into our superpower? in a season of heartbreak and going through that sadness and grief of heartbreak can end up ch changing your chemistry to become a, an intelligent, smart, capable being if you really are willing to harvest the lessons of it. And I will tell you right now with absolute certainty, I would not have the character that I have. I wouldn't be, have the personality that I have. I wouldn't have the drive and ambition for life if I hadn't gone through what I went through and not this person in spite of what I, what I went through and trauma, I'm this person because of it. And I get to see the gifts, like what that did to my human psyche at 20 years old, processing my new reality. And I have the, had the very real opportunity to become a victim of that story for the rest of my life and call it unfair. Like, why do other people get family vacations? And I don't, why are other people having beautiful Christmas dinners with their baby pictures on the walls? And that just simply doesn't exist for me in this lifetime. Like there's nobody's house where you go into and there's baby pictures of me that doesn't like exist. I don't have that in this life. And that could be something that I'm crushed underneath the grief crushed underneath. And instead the superpower is who I'm able to be in the world for other people how I'm able to meet my clients and the complexity of their emotions and pain, who I am for my friends, who I am for myself to be able to stop and process and feel and to find power in these things, to find more of myself in these things and not less. I absolutely love that. And that is so strong, right? That is, and it's such a powerful flip, right? Of the feeling. And so I, I really appreciate that. Now, one of the things that you talk about is the way that we feel our emotions, the way that us women feel differently 
very deeply. And one of the spaces that I feel can also have a lot of complexities for women is our sexuality. One of the things that you talk about in the book is that feminine power lies in us being sexually healed and sexually expressed. Can we dive into that? Because that was Ooh. a wild one. <laughs> did I say that? That's a good line. I know oh, you did. <laughs> oh, it turns me on just hearing you say that. Right? Yeah. You know, as a woman who grew up with a lot of rules around sexuality, we all have our own rules of what we learned, what sexuality was and what it wasn't. My particular template that I learned is it's, it's the most sinful thing you could do, especially as a woman. I grew up in a very religious upbringing and household, and it was all about purity until marriage and the concept of being impure. And of course, I'm this like wild sexual being. It's so a part of my nature. It's so a part of who I am as a woman. And of course I get born into a family where it's like, you can be anything except that. (laughs) That's how this stuff actually works. And you know, I created some very complicated situations for myself in life, not having boundaries, not knowing how powerful my sex was that little temptress inside me that can turn it on. Woo. I can be a flirt. I learned that I could use my cuteness to get certain needs met. And I learned very transactional love. And when I started really getting how this stuff, like memory in the body, this, every time there's a, an experience that you have that lets you down, we end up closing and we close and we close. And it's no wonder why so many women feel like I I don't have access to my orgasm. I don't have access to my, my feminine expression. Like I wouldn't just go to a dance floor and dance because it feels so good in my hips. And, you know, I, I think that there's a really, there's such a power in our, in our sexuality because it's our life force. And if, if we were interested in control, a way a very effective method of control is of controlling sex and whether that's intentional or unintentional, or just the way the humanity unfolded, who knows? But I know within myself, when I started to do the, the deep work of my own embodiment of like, well, what is my template around my sexuality? What does feel like a full yes for me? And what's a no? And how consistently and predictably can I honor my no in a way that first builds self-trust? And then I inform everyone around me the ways that I desire and need to be treated. And how much more slowly a female body opens and how much more slowly she, she desires the world to be than what she actually gets met with. So to, to know our power is to know that sexual freedom and expression because we want to feel good. This is an invitation to more pleasure in life, more deep and rich connection, more access to that freedom. I love that. I love it. And what would you say um, when you talk about energetic leakages, is there a connection there with that sexual power and expression and how that can cause or how not having that can cause energetic leakages? Yeah. Thank you. I love how you, I think you picked out my favorite things in the book too. (laughs) When I started doing my deep inner work and realized how leaky my energy was, like, for example, my word, I would say yes. When I meant no, I wouldn't even check in with myself around social plans. Does that feel like something I want to do tonight? It was like, there was an invite. I must go. It's this person's Mm -hmm. birthday. My energy presence has been requested and I will go. And so this, this trust, self-trust starts to get a little bit etched away. 
And with every time we're not trusting that that body's intuition of what is yes and what is no, we're giving our power away. We're giving our power away to other people, to the demands on our life, even to you know the people who love us most, to our mother and our father and our partner and our kids and everywhere our energy goes when it's not an alignment and it's not a yes and it's taking from us. It's, it's a really important thing to look at is like, where am I leaking my energy? Oh my gosh, I have this friend that calls me three times a week. And for 45 minutes, they just tell me everything that's going on in their marriage. And instead of saying, I don't have time for this, I'm cooking dinner right now. I stop what I'm doing and I listen. And then I end up feeling heavy afterward. That is a way that I'm leaking my energy of not saying no when it's a no or not mm-hmm. teaching that friend how to reciprocate with me. Or a woman who goes out dating and is sharing her body and is like, oh, like we're on the fourth date. So like, I should be ready to have sex now and giving her body in that way is leaking her energy because she was not honoring what was actually a no. So it's a really brave thing to be able to do this with yourself and be like, where is my power going? Where is my power going? Who am I giving it to? Is it is it remained unchecked or is this something that I have full awareness and, and choice over? Yeah. And would you agree that there's also um, energy, energy leakages in our thoughts as well, not just in our interactions with people? I've been really good and it's taken me years to, I call it detoxing my circle and I do it all the time. And, you know, there are people that come into your life and it's not meant to be for a long time, right? And you have to be able to know when some relationships need to end, no matter how much you love the person, because they become they become a, a space of energy that, that just leaks away from you. But how would you say that our thoughts also creates spaces of energy leakage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's say that you had a really big goal for yourself to finish a project by the end of the year. Maybe it was mm. writing your book or starting that business or some sort of creative pursuit. And you need your energy, you need your power, you need to be clear and and determined to finish a project of that size and something that challenges you. So the energy leak would be the critic coming in and be like, it's not responsible for you to put your time there. There's other things you need to be doing. There's other things that are more important. The critic that tells you that you're not pretty enough or smart enough or strong enough to start that business or the critic that shows up, like who wants to listen to that story anyway? So we're giving our power away to that voice inside of us that's really built in there as a part of our primal brain to keep us safe. Like, hey, are you paying attention? This is a life or death or fight or flight kind of moment. And it's one of the ways that the brain hasn't really caught up to us yet. We still have that ancient part of our brain, the amygdala, that's just firing fight or flight safe or not safe. And in the, the part of the, the evolution that's lacking a little bit in the brain is being able to decipher the difference between a perceived threat and a real threat. Am mm-hmm. I going to step in front of a car and I'm in the immediate danger of this body being hurt or destroyed? Or is it that I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable about my story being heard and seen? And it's the same physiological response. Like when somebody's triggered in scarcity and they open a bill that they feel they can't pay and it's significant, it's the same response that kicks in when when you are in immediate danger. The heart rate goes, the breath is more shallow, you'll start to feel your senses come on live. And where the body's designed to do that in specific times to get us through specific moments. But all of these stress disorders that we're seeing right now, Gigi, the, the, the sheer quantity of people 
that are naming an anxiety disorder, depression, an emotional disorder, chronic stress, insomnia, and all of the other host of physical ailments that come along with this is we're living in chronic stress in a way that the body was never designed to. So the way that we think about our, our thoughts, what's coming through, are we empowering ourselves on a daily basis? Or is there something inside of us that's just nasty and tearing us down? And can we have the bravery to first be aware and then make change? I love that you use that word, right? To be brave, to have the courage to make these adjustments, to make these changes, because sometimes it's easier to stay in our own nonsense, right? Like we know the BS is there, but it's going to take so much more work and courage to step away from it, to, to see it, to own it and to fix it than it does to just kind of stay in our BS, <laughs> you know, where would you say is a good place to find that courage? Well, it's always only found from within. And I believe that we we are beings that need the right motivation. So why, why would I do the deep and uncomfortable work of excavating former pain and start opening doors to my past that maybe I don't wanna go down? Like, I don't wanna feel the grief of losing both parents, you know, but, but what's possible for me on the other side of it is an argument that I make in this book. It's just your freedom, your prosperity, your success, your peace, of mind is what's possible. And for you to be a crusader and a champion for your own peace of mind, because nobody else is going to do that for you. Nobody's going to come along and be like, Hmm, it looks like we fell out of balance. And that mindset of yours between positive thinking and negative thinking, like, did you check that lately? Nobody knows what's really going on in this inner being. And so if you're not the champion for your own inner being, who will be? Yeah. Absolutely. And you said a word that I think is so important right now, and that is that prosperity, right? And there are so many women who since 2020, especially have made shifts in their life, have left corporate, have launched businesses, have um, had that courage to dive into their passion projects and, and turn those passion projects into their full time, you know? Um, and I feel like there's also a remembrance or a, um, a new hunger that we haven't had in a long time as women to reconnect with our intuitive guidance and to reconnect with our inner magic. And so for those women that are in that in-between space now, trying to let go of the logic and trying to tap into that inner guidance, what would you say to them in order to help them? What would you give them to be able to manifest more of that prosperity and abundance in their life? Mm. Well, I would tell you first that healing is possible. Yes. Even for you. And then no matter what you've been through in the past and how much scarcity your reality was or is, there's always room for a new future. Mm -hmm. And to really start to take inventory of what living in scarcity is costing you. What's the cost of this? This was the very real reckoning that I had with myself in my early twenties. What it's costing me is actually having this business succeed in the way that I know from deep in my soul, it's possible to succeed. And to start in prosperity, you know, it, it's kind of this annoying thing that tends to follow us with anything that we create is that it's always, always an inner job. If you want to be finding love, you're attracting in the one 
where's my boo? Where's my partner? I want to get going on this. Who are you being to attract that? We are living in a vibrational reality where the language of this physical reality is vibration. That is it. We're speaking a language of vibration. So if you want to be in direct communication with the universe to explicitly state your desires, speak the same language as the universe, which is what are you being? What are you being? It's, it's, an, it's an inner state. It's a deep inner knowing, which is why a lot of the work that I do, and I ended up building an online challenge called the Dare to Prosper Challenge, and we've sent over 5,000 women through it to date, and it's growing. And we're not talking about money strategy. We're not even talking about how to make the money and bringing in the money. None of that external stuff. It's first an, an invitation so deeply inward, which is what does prosperity feel like? For so many people, Gigi, they haven't even spent one day letting them feel what it feels like to have enough, for it mm -hmm. to feel spacious, for life to be working with them on their, on their side, for magic and miracles to be showing up in their field. And so what does enoughness feel like? What does sufficiency feel like? What would it feel like in my body if I could handle the great financial complexity of my life? Because I'll tell you, this is the secret that I think everybody knows by now. It's like more money doesn't actually solve the problems. There are billionaires out there that are running so much scarcity in their mind that like they can't, they can't ever see it as more than enough. It's always not enough. Mm -hmm. So scarcity is an inside job and prosperity is an inside job. I love that. And that leads us into our last few questions. So inside our Seizing Happy Community Plus, we have a book club and we read this book together with the members of our Seizing Happy Community. And we had, aside from my obsession, multiple other <laughs> members inside our Seizing Happy Community that loved the book. And we have some questions around um, the experience of reading it. So one of them actually has to do directly with this. And it is from Esther. She talks about that particular um, needed to be in high vibration when manifesting and to speak that language and to have that, um, that positivity in your life and in your demeanors. And what she says is, how do we manifest through our traumas and self-doubt or must we first heal our traumas and self-doubt in order to be able to manifest the, the prosperity and growth that we want? Mm. Thanks, Esther, for that very thoughtful question. So I'll just share from, from my personal path. I was only able to expand as much as I was, as I was healed. So I was only able to receive as much real prosperity in my life as I had healed my scarcity. So for me, that was the formula it was the more that I was willing to go into my past and cultivate, then that would be the direct impact of, of the external showing up in the ways that I desire. So I believe that you can have things show up like you can have a successful business and still have a lot of trauma with your family going on <laughs> and to, to really find the zenith of your potential, the absolute peak of your potential, the peak of your prosperity. The argument that I make in this book is the only way out is through. So if you want the most of yourself, if you want the most of your prosperity and your magic, being willing to really take out the trash first, taking out the trash of the temple before it's sparkling and beautiful and have everything that you desire. I love that. We have another question from Monica also around this concept. It says, what is your number one tool for people to interrupt that scarcity pattern and to awaken that prosperity? Yes, we've got to shift it in the body. 
So one Mm -hmm. of the greatest tools that I have is a prosperity date. So even if you have not a dollar to spend on yourself to really take yourself on an active prosperity date and let go to the nicest hotel lobby and sit there and be in the vibration of I belong here and I'm enough, go to Neiman Marcus, take that multi-thousand dollar leather jacket into the dressing room, put it on and feel it. Feel it in your body is the quickest way to address and um, shake up and intervene on this scarcity of not enoughness and just practicing that enoughness. I love that. And that sounds like such an easy and fun exercise to do. (laughs) That sounds like a ton of fun. We have uh, two more questions. One is from um, Donna and she says, can you please explain soul contracts and give an example? And why would we choose soul contracts? Mm, Yeah. The, the argument that I make in the book is That's so much about who you dance with in your life and create with, especially the most important figures are people that you had karma to work out with. There was, there was lessons there in order for you to become at soul level, who you were destined to be. There are certain key players in your life. So our children, not that I have children, but your y'all's children are people that you had a very specific energetic dance with. That's why the parent and, uh, child relationship is one of the most complex, especially mother-daughter relationship is one of the most complex. So soul contracts are, if you can see it this way, the reason why I write about this, if you can see that everyone in your life is playing a role so you can become more of who you are, then you're not the victim to people. Mm. That is so powerful. That is so, so good. And then we also have one more question from Jen. She says, how did you come up with a four-step solution for diffusing emotional triggers? How did I come up with it? You know, everything in the book was because these are the processes that I take myself through. So what I do in my journal, what I do when I'm really triggered by something, because I am human and I still get triggered by things is what, what actually has helped me is what I ended up writing in the book. I love that. Okay. So I want to thank you so much for joining us. I know that there is so much more in this book that we could probably talk for hours and hours about this book, but what would be, um, what would be a message that you'd like to wrap up with for the women that also want to feel empowered, sexy, and free? I just want to remind you how precious this life is. And we have a lot of time left here. And at the same time, it's really short and it's really sweet to be here. And you've got this chance being in this human body. And my invitation is to max it out, set yourself up to win in all of the ways, everything that you desire that you want to create here is so possible for you as out of a function of your intention, your spiritual will your motivation to create. So I just want to affirm to everybody listening that your desires are valid. They are sacred and you can do it. I love that. Thank you so much once again for joining us on this episode of the Chats with Gigi podcast. All the ways that you can connect with Jolie Don are on our show notes. So make sure you reach out the way to join her challenge, the way to connect with her for the, your copy of the book is also in the show notes. So make sure that you continue this conversation and let us know what your favorite part was of this episode and how you feel. How are you reaching into yourself to become the sexier, more free, more empowered version of you? Leave that in the comments, share it with us on social media, and we will see you here on Chats with Gigi next week. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode of Chats with Gigi, be sure to subscribe. 
leave us a review on iTunes and share it with a friend. If there's a guest or topic you'd like on the show, let me know. You can find me across all social media platforms as Gigi Diaz Live or head on over to my website, www.ggdiaz.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll be back next week. Until then, I'm sending lots of love and light your way.